ministry together. They're a great bunch of people. I do love our community and I love this time of year. For me, this time of year is exciting because I look forward to what comes after the prayer and fasting. I really do. I think that prayer and fasting helps you to focus in on what God wants for your life. And, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. You know, I want to talk about focus and, and I want to bring and lean into the subject around fasting. Has anybody ever had in their life before their focus affected? You've had something in your eye, uh, you, you've been unable to see. It affects everything, does it? Give me a wave if that's you. Don't leave me up here by myself. That's great. Well, mid last year, April developed a dry eye thing that was going on. And, and because of that, they gave her these eye drops that progressively got thicker and thicker and thicker. Until eventually she was getting these eye drops that they looked like almost like a paste. They were coming out. They were super thick. But what was really funny about it is that when April would put them in, she'd be like, oh, that feels great. I'm so grateful they're in. That all of a sudden I started going, oh, maybe I've got dry eye. Oh, maybe I should try some of the eye drops. So anyway, she'd put them in and she'd go, oh, that's, oh I needed that. They were so dry. It feels so good. And I'm like, yeah. Maybe my eyes are dry. And, and so one day I decided I'd get a hold of some of this paste. And I squirt that paste in my eye, good and proper. It did not feel that way to me when they went in. I blinked and like this thick glaze came over my eyes. I couldn't see. I couldn't figure out where the bathroom was. I couldn't brush my teeth. I had to go to bed. Because no matter how much I rubbed my eye, it was like I was moving around this paste. Here's the first lesson for today's sermon. If it is not prescribed to you, do not use it. (laughs) As a lesson I learned the hard way, you're welcome. I walked through that journey. I've come out the other side. It looked great and it was suitable for April, but it wasn't great for me. You see, focus affects all of you. It defines boundaries. It gives you clarity. Focus helps you to determine where you are going. If we were to look at this from the perspective of our lives, at the moment, I think that there is a real attack on being focused. At the moment, people talk about what's called dual screening. Does anybody know what that is? It's when guys that are on Facebook or social medias or have phones, they're watching a movie, but they're going through their phone. So they're concentrating on two things at once. They're, they're missing the, the, the defined details of the plot because their focus has been split into two. Focus. It's very interesting when you think about our lives that to, to have your focus pulled away from things can mean that the other could fall away. You hear those stories about those men and women that were so committed to their career that they had no focus for their family. So it was always, oh, I couldn't get dad's attention because it was always one more email or it was always one more phone call or it was always one more meeting. It was always that dad never had a focus that was on me. It was always a split. It was a, there was always a different focus. 
You look at people where they go, oh, you know, I'm really, I want to get fit and and I want to get healthy, but their their focus in that arena begins to wane and then all of a sudden they're back on their eating. They haven't focused where they need to be and all of a sudden their health has begun to decline. What I love about fasting is it takes your focus off every other distraction. It eliminates distractions to help you focus on the priority relationship that we should have, which is between us and God. Amen. There's so many challenges to our focus. Has anybody ever been watching something on tally and someone's trying to intrude what you're focusing on and you go, hold up, I'm watching this. Has anybody ever been there? So you're in the middle of watching Home and Away and then your husband walks in the room and says, hey, what's going on? Don't talk to me right now. I'm engaged. I've got a few amens then. Don't look at anybody, just keep looking at me. Or maybe it could be the football's on. See, what happens is if you were to look at the focus, the priority relationship, which is God in your life, how has your focus been when it comes to reading the Word? How has your focus been in your prayer life? Has it been divided? Has it been that you're doing life and God wants relationship with you and you're like, hold up, God, not right now. I'm focusing on other things. Fasting. Really defined is letting things go, eliminating things from your world in order to prioritise and focus in on your relationship with God. I wrote a definition here that I'd like to read with you guys. It says this, fasting is taking your focus off the things of this world and putting your focus onto God by removing distractions and creating room through the removal of food or social media or other blessings. It's making a personal sacrifice to to create a dependence and devotion to God. You're decluttering your world to focus on Him. Do you know, fasting makes you aware fully of your needs, your weaknesses. I believe it increases your desire for God's provision and a relationship with Him. And I know that fasting will affect you now, but because you've fasted, it will affect your future. Fasting isn't a command in the Bible but it's strongly advocated for. And in February, on the 5th, my birthday, every year my birthday's in the fast. And one year we made a sugar-free cake, you remember that? And we never, we never did that ever again. <laughs> Better to go without. It looked nice, that was a lie. And now I forgot my thought. But I really believe that it's something that will help you get closer to God, help you prioritise the right relationship. I mean, if you look through the Bible, there are heaps of reasons why guys fasted. Protection, in sadness and mourning, for his power and his presence, wisdom, in repentance, denial of the flesh, 
for answered prayer. There are so many more reasons beyond that why I would love to encourage you to fast. Because you want God's will for your entire life. Give me a wave if you want God's will for your life. Give me a real big wave, like like God pick me. Of course he wants to bless you. So you think about it, if you want God's will for your life, fast and seek God for it. If you are married, that's a reason in itself to fast. If you need health or want to maintain health, that's a reason to fast. If you've got kids, fast. If you need direction, fast. How is your soul? Fast. Are you feeling dry spiritually? Fast, pray. Why? Because it draws you closer to God. You desire more of God, deeper relationships, business increase and strategy, greater discipline in your life, fast. This is what I've determined. Fasting is not getting God to bend to your will. It's getting yourself to line up with God's will for your life. Here's in Ephesians 3.20, it reads this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So God's will for your life goes far beyond what you could ask for, what you could think of, what you could imagine. That's God's will. It's way better than your will. It will see you flourish. It will see you mature. It will see you grow. It will see you deepen in your relationship with Him. And from it, favour and blessing will flow. That's God's will. So so often in the past, I've gone in with a specific plan. I want to see this happen and I want to see this happen. But I've come to realise, God, I want what you want for me to happen. Because your will for my life, your plan for your life is better than my own. There are many, many reasons to fast. I want to lean into it this morning. There are heaps of challenges that will come up. But I declare that there will be heaps of breakthroughs that will happen if you persevere. I mean, fasting will help you focus on the priority relationship. If you look at our current society with getting to work, coming home, commuting can be tough. You've got kids, they've got sport, you've got other priorities, family commitments. And then all of a sudden you've got your your downtime, your time with God. There are so many things that try to pull your focus away from the one relationship that brings mercy, that brings favour, that brings grace, that brings healing, that brings direction. I would ask and I would pray this morning as you begin to consider fasting in February that you would assess your own focus in your life. What does it look like? What does it look like? Are you focusing on the right things? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us this morning, guide us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
So I want you guys to turn with me to Esther chapter 4. There are heaps of different occasions and people and reasons why people fasted in the Bible. Can you use Esther chapter 4? Because I want to talk about it from a principle point of view. There are a few things that I have realized that if you can go into fasting carrying these things, I believe you will seek God's will. So the book of Esther is a narrative history. It's, a, it's cool. It's written out like a story. I love Esther. It's like the most action-packed story. So my favorite verse being Jeremiah 29, 11 is a prophecy that Jeremiah makes uh, about God's got a plan for your future. Uh, it's to prosper you. But what happens off the back of that is he's declaring you're going to go into a 70-year exile because you've been disobedient again. Esther's written just as that period of time is coming to an end. And what's happened is the exiled Jews, some have gone back to Jerusalem, but some have stayed behind in Persia. So what happens is there's a king, King Xerxes, and his wife really disrespects him. And he leaves her and he goes on the hunt for a new wife. We all know this story. He finds Esther, more than likely selected because of her beauty. And in an environment where she was really to be uh, persecuted, taken advantage of, uh, she ends up coming into a position of power. She ends up the queen. In fact, it says in the Bible that the king loved her like, like no one else. He just absolutely loved her. Now, the background to Esther is she is an orphan. She, she's got no parents and her cousin, Mordecai, is her guardian. He looks after her and what happens is Mordecai is a God-fearing man. And in this Persian society, a man comes to become the prime minister into leadership. His name's Haman. And what happens is there's an altercation between Esther's guardian, Mordecai, and Haman. And he won't bow down to him. And he becomes so angry that Haman goes to the king and convinces the king to kill all of the Jews in the area. To kill them all, eradicate them, destroy them. Mordecai finds out about this plan and comes to Esther. And he says to Esther, and that we'll pick this up in chapter 4, something's happened, Haman's got the king to sign a decree, everyone's going to be destroyed. We're all going to be killed, but you have an opportunity. God has placed you in a position of influence. Maybe you became queen for this very moment that you could go and influence the king to save your people. Now Esther holding back goes, oh, you actually can't approach the king without an appointment. You, you need to be having an appointment because if you rock up unannounced and he doesn't hold out his golden scepter to you, he can kill you. It's against the law. You would be killed. But she goes, nevertheless, if, if that's what has to happen, would you fast with me? So he says, she says to Mordecai, you get all the Jews, you fast for three days, I'll get my people, we'll fast. And then off the back of that fasting, we all know the story, she goes, she tricks Haman, he ends up getting hung and because of that, uh, God uses Esther to save all the Jews. And we know that from uh, the, the, that line, Jesus Christ uh, was born. So once again, God had moved to save his people. But what I want to do, I want to read chapter 4 together and then I want to talk about fasting with you all. Chapter 4. When Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes 
put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city, wailing loudly and bitterly. He's just found out about the decree to kill all the Jews. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathik, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend her, and ordered him to go out what was uh, to go out what was troubling Mordecai and why. So Hathik went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which, he had, be, which had been published in Susa to show Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence and beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. Do you know, I just thought of something just then that isn't a part of our sermon. God's just given me a bonus one for you all. Have a, have a look at this real quick. It says, it says here, Haman promised, so what it's got, it's got, including the exact amount of money promised to pay the royal treasury. He also had a copy of the text in the edict for their annihilation, which had been published, to show Esther and explain to her, and then he instructs her. What happens is pre-fasting and pre-instruction, he was prepared. He was so overly prepared, he had the exact amount of money. He was ready to go so that when he made his petition, he had done everything he possibly could to line up his conduct and his actions so that he could fast and allow God to move. I think preparation is key. Hathik went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned to the king has but one law, that they will be put to death unless the king extends a golden scepter to them and spares their life. But 30 days had passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's word was reported to Mordecai, he sent back an answer. Do you think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to the royal position for such a time as this. Last two verses. Then Esther sent the reply to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my attendants will fast as you do. When you do, when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So here's the first principle that I think is so important to get a hold of. Situations that require you to fast 
Put your focus on God's power and not your position. Fasting brings us to a place where we realise that we need God's presence in our life. Have the things that have been taking your focus become what you're relying upon? Have they become what, what, what is your stability? That's what you put your faith in. Now, I'm not saying it's a deliberate act. But if you were to lose your job, if you were to lose your money, if you were to lose your house, is that what defines you? Mordecai relied on God. He was a God-fearing person who was not going to bow down to anybody. Because he wouldn't bow was the reason why they were in this place in the first place. Because of his spiritual integrity towards God, his love for God, he was now facing a challenge. Now, even though Haman was the prime minister who had power and influence to destroy the nation, Mordecai's focus was on God. He says to Esther, deliverance for the Jews will come. And then he went on to fast that it would be done, that God's will would come. Mordecai already knew that the breakthrough was coming. But what is interesting is that communication that then happens between him and Esther. He says to Esther, effectively, just because of your position does not mean that you would be saved. You see, what focusing does when Esther goes on to focus is she realised that even though she was in a position of prestige, of power, of influence, that's not what sustains you. It's the power and the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Esther was caught with a split focus. The comforts of royalty and power, which was her position, or the plan of God for her life. If we were to look at our lives this morning, has your focus been on your position or on your God? I want to speak truth to you this morning. It's not your career that defines you. It's not your education. It's not your husband or wife. It's not even yourself. It's nothing but the grace and mercy of God that sustains us. So for Esther, it wasn't the fact that she was the queen. And in that moment, I believe that she understood what she needed to do. Recognising that her position didn't mean a thing. Recognising that she needed to fast because God had positioned her there for a reason. Recognising our position, we should fast too. We are weak without God. But with God, we are overcomers.
You know, I love the nature of God. The reality is this. God loves being put in a position when there is no hope, there is no success, there is no breaking through without him. Farting, fasting, not farting. That's what I just said. You're welcome. It's better Pastor Nick said nip the other week. I'm saying farting from the pulpit. I hope that that is recorded. We will make a meme out of that. Looking forward to fighting in February. 21 days of fighting. Let's really focus on fighting now. Fasting heightens your purpose in your current situation. Esther was a queen, but now understood God had placed her there for something deeper than just to enjoy her life. God would use her to help deliver her people. Point two, and I believe this strongly, that fasting creates a desire for God's power and his will. Esther needed protection to save her people. She needed supernatural favour to save her people. She needed wisdom. She needed boldness. She needed courage. She needed humility. She fasted because she believes that what was out of her control was completely in God's control. Esther needed breakthrough. If you look at Darius in the book of Daniel, the king of Persia, he fasted all night when Daniel had been thrown into the lion's den. Why? Because he was grief-stricken. He had lost a friend, a man of godly wisdom. He fasted hoping God would allow Daniel to survive. He and Daniel needed breakthrough. Daniel fasted and prayed for understanding of a vision in Daniel chapter 10. For answered prayer, he needed breakthrough. Jehoshaphat, when staring down the barrel of annihilation, fasted in 2 Chronicles 20. It read, Alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast in all of Judea. You see, there are many, many different reasons why we should fast. But in all of those examples, God brought breakthrough. God's will reigned. There is every person in this room. I want to encourage you. There is a reason why you should fast. There are reasons why you should press in. I just pray for God's will for your life, but I pray that you would have a desire to line yourself up with it. Fasting assumes the position that you do need breakthrough. But do you know what's better than one person praying and fasting? A community that prays and fasts in unity. Like if you think about it, the community of all of Israel or all of the guys in Second Chronicles that were Jehoshaphat, he called a fast. Esther in her situation says, go and get all of the Jews that are in Susa and get them to pray and fast together. That's why on the prayer card we have community things that we want to pray for and believe for together because we want God to bring breakthrough. We need God to bring breakthrough. That's why it's good to be in a connect group. 
You see, I know that whenever I'm around and, and, I, and I think about unity and people coming together and petitioning God, if you're a father, uh, have you ever done one where you go, oh, I don't feel like cooking, maybe we should go out for tea, and it's like your kid's here and come running from everywhere, yeah, 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 yeah. we should go out for tea. You see, what happens is my kids, it's like they're hanging off me from every angle, petitioning me, yeah, Dad, let's do it, let's commit to it, if that's what you want to do, we want to do it too. You see, what happens is that when we fast and we pray and we believe together, we're petitioning God and believing with combined faith all together that God can bring His will and bring great breakthrough. So this morning, what I want to do quickly is I want to give you some practical help. But while we do that, could we begin to hand out the fasting cards? I know the ushers, uh, we ask them pre-service. They're just going to go and get organised to do that. So I just want to quickly give you some practical help around fasting. First one is Matthew chapter 6, 16 to 18, and it reads this. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your Father who is in secret, as your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Paraphrasing that, saying, don't be weird about it. Don't go walking around going, oh no, oh no, I can't do it, I'm fasting. Oh no, I can't do it, I'm fasting. What God is, what Jesus is saying there is in secret, go about your life normally, but in your private time, call out to me. I see the desire of your heart. I see what you're going through because I'd much prefer a reward from God than a reward from man. So here are five things just quickly. Make sure that you are aware of your body. Now, I say this from the perspective of I want to encourage you that if it's possible and you're able to physically to attempt to try and fast food. But here's the thing. In the front row is my dad. He is a type, he's a type 2 diabetic. He needs to be very careful if he's going to think about fasting because of what he has. Now, I'm not saying it rules you out, but what I'm saying is you need to be prepared and you may need to seek advice. But I want to encourage you that if you can plan like Mordecai in the planning, pre the fasting to be organised and be prepared so that you can seek God. You know, it takes a greater desire if you've got to be organised. Start small. If you've ever fasted or haven't fasted before, maybe start with one meal. And if that works, continue stretching yourself. There's potential of a Daniel fast, which is a partial fast, where you miss out on things but continue to eat. Maybe that could be suitable for you. Fasting is about decluttering your world. So if you can't do food, maybe you could fast something that is a regular blessing from God. Coffee, social media, if that rules you out. There are other options. The key is to declutter your world, bring your focus onto God and devote yourself to seeking Him. Here's a big one. Try to stick to it. Now I'm the campus pastor here, so I'm going to be very vulnerable right now. I've broken the fast every year we've done it at least once on my birthday. 
Now, see, my hand's not real high. It's just sort of mid-high, but I'm owning it. I want to encourage you to try and stick to it. Let your desire for God be greater than your desire for comfort. Young people, everybody that might be on social media, it's such an automatic thing that people go to. You don't need it. Take it off your phone for the month so that you don't subconsciously go there. And replace it with a Bible app in the same position so that when you automatically go there, why don't you read some scripture? Why don't you replace something that is stealing your focus and make it something that reinforces your focus? And have a plan. Could I ask you, if you don't know what you're fasting yet, begin to think about it and discuss it with people this week. Because if... if, if I was to ask you right now, oh, what are you fasting in February and you don't know yet? That's okay because we still have a week. But why I'm so strongly advocating fasting for you guys is because I want to see God bring breakthrough for this community. I want to see God change lives. Do you know there will be people that will sit in these chairs in this building because of the fasting that you're about to do? Because of the prayer, there are children, there are spouse that will sit in this room because of the fasting and the breakthrough that God's about to bring because my third point is that I believe fasting helps you prepare for your God moments. Get the music team to come. You see what happens is if you look at Esther, she fasted. And then she approached the king. Sometimes fasting prepares you for a situation you haven't even walked through yet. Fasting may be preparing you for something that you're going to walk through in July this year. The fasting now may be preparing you for something you're going to walk through at the end of the month. We're having this healing meeting on the 17th and 18th. And don't get me wrong, God doesn't revolve around one healing meeting. He doesn't just heal on the 17th and 18th. He heals in the supermarket. He heals in this place. He heals when you're in your car. But what I am believing is that we will come with united expectation to see great things happen on that day. Maybe fasting is preparing for that. You see, I believe and I know in hindsight of having this scripture that God had anointed and prepared Esther. He positioned her for that very moment. We know the famous scripture is for such a time as this. But you see, Esther still had to walk through her God appointed moment. And the way that she prepared herself for it was through prayer and fasting. I want to declare over this place right now that we are preparing for God moments of breakthrough, of deliverance. Just believe right now there are people across this room that have been suffering from chronic illness for a long time. It's going to be broken. 
see like a picture of a family and see a photo that's been torn. I see a mother crying and longing because she misses her children. God's preparing you for breakthrough. God's bringing breakthrough. Because you know what? It's God's will. And when we seek the Lord, we are aligning ourselves with His will. Fasting isn't about bending God's will to ours. It's about aligning our will with His. So what I feel to do this morning... actually to what I thought I would do but I believe that levels of expectation are correlated with levels of faith yeah, I remember when I used to go to these conferences when I was a young man and I would encounter God but my brother and I would think about him for weeks prior to the event with such great expectation that God would do something And that expectation turned into faith. And that faith turned into God moving. God moments are going to happen this year. Out of the blue, things are going to be broken. Breakthrough is going to come. Finances will be received. Chris, Stuart, just feel the Lord is telling me to say to you right now that He sees your heart, He sees your heart of service and, and there, is, there is employment coming for you that is beyond your wildest expectation because of your faithfulness to continue to serve. God says the time is coming and it's soon. So what I want to do right now in this place is why you hold that card, Why don't you have a look at it just for a minute? If I could have one too. I'm just going to do this very quickly. Is there something you need to fast for in your personal life? There are three things that you can list there. Is there something that you need to pray for in your family? And then for our community, we want to be praying for the John Muller on the 17th and 18th, the Fashion Parade. That is not just about having another event. That is about reaching people. Do you know, Greg doesn't know this, but uh, there's a few things that we want to do with the proceeds for the Fashion Parade. Let, let me explain to you what I, we are going to do. That, that $20 is about partnering with ministering to people because we're, we're going to go threefold with, with the money raised from the fundraise. We're going to create a, a fund for those that need professional counselling that can't afford it. They can draw from that fund to be able to get counselling. We're going to draw from that fund and we're going to be able to use it to purchase clothes and the food bank. So what that means that while we're having a great night and we're doing a fashion parade, God is bringing breakthrough. Because there could be a person that could walk in that needs counselling that they can now receive, that needs food that they can now receive and clothing which they can now receive. 
we are ministering to the isolated and the broken. So fasting for the fashion parade isn't just about, gee, I hope they walk in a straight line. It's about God provide so that we can see breakthrough for those that need to encounter you. We're going to be having a missions conference this year. We want to see God bring breakthrough. So with every eye closed, just for a minute, I'm going to do two things. First thing I want to do is, I don't know if there's anybody here visiting today. And you've heard me talk about my Heavenly Father and the relationship that I desire to have with Him. Well, the Bible says that to have a relationship with God, you need to have a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ. See, because we've all done things wrong, we've all gone through things that maybe we've done things we're not proud of, the the Bible says that that separates us from God. But the Bible also says that because Jesus died for us and rose again, it says those that believe in their heart that Jesus did that and confessed with their mouth, it says that because of that, they are saved. They get to be in relationship with God. So with every eye closed in this place, I'd love to have a chat with anybody here after the church in a bit more detail. about whether you want a relationship with God, you want God in your life, but you don't yet quite know what that looks like, would you raise your hand? Hallelujah. Church family, you can look at me again just for a second. We're going to do that every week. I want to encourage you as you bring people every week, we'll present our Lord and Saviour, create an opportunity for that. So with your fasting card in your hand, what I want to do real quick, our time is gone, is I want to build a bit of expectation in our heart. And for me, the best way for me to do that is to do something. So in unity today, What I want you to do is just take one minute to think about what you want to be fasting and praying for. And then when you're ready to believe that God is going to bring breakthrough, I want you to stand. And then we're going to pray together.
dear Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, that there are many examples which we can lean into where as they desired you, Lord, to have your way, to bring your protection, to bring your favour, to bring your deliverance, to give direction. Lord, when they did it with such desire that they, Lord, would go without in order to show themselves how weak we are without You. Lord, I thank You that Your goodness and mercy, it never ends. You came through with breakthrough. Lord, I thank You that this season of fasting will be a season of preparing for the moments You have for us and receiving the breakthroughs You have for us in Jesus' Name.